0: Hey, this is David Schultz, audio producer here at Bloomberg Law. Just wanted to let you know we've created a couple new ways for you to interact with us. If you have feedback on this episode or any of our other podcasts, please give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 703-341-3690. That's 703-341-3690. We might just use your comments in a future episode. You can also reach out to us by email at podcast at BloombergLaw.com or on Twitter, at B-Law. We would love to hear your thoughts. Today on the podcast, we hear from entertainment law attorneys working in the music industry. It's not as glamorous or as exciting as you've been led to believe, but if you like intellectual property and getting hung up on by record industry execs, this is the field for you. Hello. You're listening to On The Merits, the legal news podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. Do you remember that TV show, Empire, about a hip-hop mogul named Lucius Lyon and the frequent conflicts within his business and family, and family business? It was a top five show when it came out in 2015. But I hate to say this, after talking with a bunch of attorneys for this episode, I'm realizing the show's depiction of the music industry just wasn't very realistic, Take this scene where a lawyer visiting his client in jail eavesdrops on an imprisoned Lucius talking about how to prevent an artist from leaving his record label.
1: Oh, you're a lawyer, huh? you got a lawyer, man. Thank you. I don't doubt that. But if you don't mind me asking, when last time they got you a bail hearing? And where did you go to law school, Mr. Guam? University of Guam.
0: In reality, music industry attorneys recruit clients in a much different way than this. For example, Gerard Anthony says a big source of business for him
1: is social media. A number of those clients are younger. They reach out to me via Instagram. Uh, Funny enough, one literally reached out about 15 minutes before we started this call.
0: Anthony is a solo practitioner based out of the New York City area. He says one of the reasons he wanted to get into this area of the law is that he used to watch that show Behind the Music on VH1. And as fans of the show, such as myself, know, a running theme in nearly every episode is that artists are talking about how they made little to no money off of their dozens and dozens of hit songs. Anthony says a lot of that is the result of predatory record executives, but also of artists who don't want to get involved in the business side of things.
1: You may have someone where they understand the front end, but they don't necessarily understand all the registrations. So, and the the reason why that's very important is those registrations... Or how the money gets into your pocket. A layperson, when they're hearing all these stories about the music business and not people getting paid, a lot of times it sometimes is just as simple as, "Hey, the song wasn't registered," or "Hey, the the record label didn't receive your uh, W nine tax form and an invoice for them to pay you the advance."
0: And that's something that every attorney we spoke with echoed again and again. Their job is to make sure their client doesn't just get paid once when they deliver a song to the record label, but gets paid again and again every time that song gets played anywhere. In other words, the name of the game is ensuring that artists retain and are paid for their intellectual property rights. In fact, just a few months ago, one of Tiffany Ballard's clients brought her what he thought was a licensing deal to use one of his songs... But when she looked at it, she realized it wasn't that at all. They lied to you. Whoever sent this to you
2: lied to you about the type of agreement they were sending you. This is not a license. I explained to him. A license means you retain ownership and you give them the permission to use it. This is not, that's not what this is. They sent you something to acquire the entire ownership of it and told you it was something else. And we got on a call with the person who sent over the agreement and long story short, he actually hung up on me. (laughs) Really? All because I asked him. I was not rude. I was trying to understand what was going on. I was like, so may I ask you a question? Who do you work for? And he was like, w- what? I work for myself. How dare you ask? He told my client. You better tell your attorney to find out who I am. He hung up.
0: Ballard is also a solo practitioner based out of New York and Atlanta. And she says being an attorney in the music industry is way less glamorous than you would think.
2: Papers, 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 like redlining. Um, going back and forth, debating about sometimes small points, sometimes big points. Um, sometimes it's such as ego. A lot of ego dealing with ego. People want to feel like, oh, I didn't give her everything she asked for, so I'm going to push back on this one thing. And sometimes it's immaterial. It's like it's kind of petty, you know.
0: Um, but you're dealing with human beings. Ballard is used to going to war with music industry execs, but one thing she won't put up with is a client who just wants to be creative and doesn't wanna know about the business side of things.
2: Well, I kinda of impose um, my will on my clients in terms of informing them. So they can't tell me I don't wanna know. I'm gonna be like, no, you're going to know.
0: Carl Foulkes, another music attorney with his own firm,
1: puts it another way. One of the things I say is, you know, I'm not in the music industry I'm in the music business right I think those are two distinct things you know um, the business of music when you when you start making a certain amount of money you are in the business of music you're not in the music industry anymore
0: so you mean like the industry is sort of the creative side whereas the business is the you know the money side the the side where it's like any other business
1: right just like any other business I think <laughs> you couldn't you 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 hit it right on the money um, there's unique aspects to music I get it um, but a lot of it's like, not that unique, you know, it's, you're selling product. Um, you're learning, you know, about, you know, finances, you need a lawyer, you need legal, you're weighing risk. Um, there's opportunity, like the same core elements of any other business are there in music. Um, and we fight that too much. I think there's this thing where we sort of separate creativity and music. Like it's not a, just cause that's the product doesn't mean that, you know, it, it isn't the music business. Right.
0: Folks, a New Jersey-based lawyer, says practicing in this field means taking a
1: lot of gambles on clients early on in your career, gambles that probably won't pay off. Getting to money-generating clients is probably a bit harder um, in music than any other field because you know, a lot of people that are going to be poking at you or reaching at you you know, aren't going to be able to really pay the bills, but you got to do that stuff to get experience. The other thing that makes
0: practicing in this field difficult is that sometimes musicians run into the dreaded experience of having someone offer to pay them not in cash, but in exposure. Desiree Talley, an attorney who was also in private practice until recently, says that's actually not always a bad deal for the artist but it still always comes back to intellectual property.
3: Now, sometimes exposure is good if you have none, but you want to make sure still everything is registered so you are legally the rightful owner of everything that you create. Now, so
0: far, all the issues that these attorneys brought up would apply to any music genre, rock, country, whatever. But hip-hop is unique in that it's a fundamentally African-American art form And the music industry has a long and ugly history of using bad contracts that unfairly compensate Black artists. All of the attorneys we spoke to, who, by the way, are all Black, say they are very aware of this history when they do their day-to-day jobs. Tiffany Ballard says the exploitation still occurs to this day. Unfortunately,
2: some clients are from backgrounds where they may not have had opportunity, and this is their one way out, and people know that. And so they um, kind of become predatory in what they offer them. And it's like, you wouldn't offer the same deals, these same terms to someone of a different background, a different circumstance. Um, But you know, this person, because of so many, so many reasons, like systemic, we could go on and on, but this person is in a position where, you know, you could get a lot for a little because it's their one big chance.
0: And then there's another dynamic at play here. It's not just the music industry that has problems with race, it's also the legal profession, which has a very well-documented lack of diversity. And in an attempt to correct this, some companies can resort to tokenism. Desiree Talley ran into this when she was working at a big music streaming company, and she was brought in to fulfill the demands of one of the most famous musicians of all time.
3: A story that I always tell is, um, I remember working getting ready to work with Prince on a deal at a company. And I was brought in because he would not work with anyone because he did not see a person of color in the room.
0: Tally knew exactly why her company brought her in to work on this particular deal,
3: but she decided to try to get the most out of this experience regardless of why it was given to her. And so, um, you know, I was in there for optics initially, but I I stood my ground and I'm like, actually, I am here. You got me in here because he requested it. So I'm working on this.
0: Those were the voices of music industry attorneys, sorry, I mean, music business attorneys, Desiree Talley, Carl Folks, Tiffany Ballard, and Gerard Anthony. And that'll do it for today's episode of On the Merits. It was produced by myself, David Schultz, with special help from Lisa Hellem and Meg Molly. Our editor is Jessica Coombs, and our executive producer is Josh Block. Reach out to us on Twitter if you have anything on your mind. We use the handle at Blaw. And, oh, by the way, Desiree Tally, who you heard from here, has her own music industry podcast. It's called Pop Law. Check it out. It's really, really good. Thanks, everyone. We will be off for Memorial Day, so we'll see you again in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is David Schultz, audio producer here at Bloomberg Law. Just wanted to let you know we've created a couple new ways for you to interact with us. If you have feedback on this episode or any of our other podcasts, please give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 703-341-3690. That's 703-341-3690. We might just use your comments in a future episode. You can also reach out to us by email at podcast at BloombergLaw.com or on Twitter, at B-Law. We would love to hear your thoughts.